0: Man, Woo-hoo. it's 2020 still. <laughs> In case you didn't remember, I saw I saw a little a meme, and most of you know by now know what a meme is. Uh, but a meme this this week it, it was kind of funny because somebody came up with this thing that said at Tonight only, at eight o'clock in the, eight minutes after eight in the evening and eight seconds, I'm sorry, and 20 seconds, sorry, 20 minutes after eight and 20 seconds, it will be the only time in our lifetime that it will be, now this is military time, eight o'clock in military time is 20 hundred hours. So this will be the only time it's 20, 20, 20 for the seconds, twenty twenty. you know, it was really cool. 2020 2020 20, 20, But some of you are going, wait. And so quickly, I'm like, actually, that's so why I, I put this on there, it says, it's actually gonna do that 366 times this year. Every night at eight o'clock and 20 and 20 seconds. And so it's kind of funny. I don't know what that has to do with it. So, so I also put, but, but on February 2nd, at 2.02 and two seconds, it will be 02020202022020. And that is pretty exciting. And if you can remember all those numbers. Oh. What a. I'm done. So we're, 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 we're going to close in prayer. Uh, we need just a little, a little levity, right? just got to. We are talking about the new year. We're talking about vision this morning. And because we don't want to go into this coming year. We talked about this already for a couple of weeks. We don't want to go into this year and continue on this year without getting a vision and a focus for the year. Because otherwise, we will do what, what so many of us do in our lives, and that's just to live our life. And, and at the end of a, a month, or a year, or God forbid, a decade, we say, what happened? What happened? We actually wanna be living in such a way that God is leading us into the things that he has so we can walk into what he has for us. And, and, and I want I'm gonna say something discouraging, and then hopefully the rest will be encouraging. Here's the discouragement. Many of us in here, and perhaps most of us in here have really, most of us in here have not walked into the fullness of what God has for us. That's just plain and simple. Because if we were there would be more signs of Him in our life. There'd be more miracles in our life. There'd be more freedom in our life. There'd be more people saved in our life. There'd be more evidence of the blessings of God in our life. And so we can begin to and should begin to walk in the things that God has for us. But, but many things come in and, and, and take those away. And so this morning, I want to spend some time talking about a few hindrances to walking in the vision that God has for us. And, and as I was praying and studying for the last couple of weeks, there was too many to talk about them all, but we just could talk about a few. And here's my hope is that as, as I talk on the back of your bulletin, there's a place for notes. I probably won't say anything worth note taking, but maybe you'll have a thought that is. And so in the process this morning when I say something perhaps you will say hey this is a hindrance for me so I want you to write those things down because as some uh, I believe it's, it sounds like a Chinese proverb the dullest pencil is better than the sharpest memory okay so write it down write some notes down some things to help you remember so that after today you can look again at your notes to say I want to keep focused. I want to find focus and keep focused, get a vision for what God wants for me. And here's the difference between this and and any uh, meeting that you might go to of an Amway meeting or just a self-help meeting. We are talking about the vision that God has for you compared to just something you're going to make up for yourself. And, and many people have a vision for themselves, and they want to reach these things, and there's not always anything wrong with that. But this morning, we are putting this in the context of what God has for us, and He has something for us. Jeremiah 29:11. we know the Scripture. We know the For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, not to harm you. Okay, this is his plan for us. And just in case you're thinking, that can't be God's plan for me because look at where I am. When God said that to the people of Israel, they were in captivity in Babylon. So he sees you today, wherever you're at, and he still says, I have a plan, a vision, a hope for you, and it's good. Get a hold of it get a hold of it. and That's what we want to do this morning is to get a hold of the plan that God has for us and begin to walk it off. This, this morning, this time of worship was not orchestrated. Some of you have maybe never been in a church setting where the Spirit of God has moved like this and, and, and you thought, well, that was kind of different this morning. You know, I wonder if they practice that. No. We, we, we sang a spontaneous quick song. I really felt like the Lord just wanted us to begin to, to quote over and just sing that over and over. That wasn't a plan at all. We just began to say, Lord, I'm going to walk in your freedom. We need to walk in the freedom of God in order to walk in His purpose for our life. Amen? And, and we can. We can begin to walk in the freedom. If something happened to, for you this morning, and I believe it was available for everyone, but if, if you really just know by, in faith that there was something happening, you need to hold on to that that, that freedom came this morning, and you need to continue to walk it out. Now freedom often looks like uh, forgiveness, or, or, or unforgiveness in a sense. How many of you have ever, uh, you, you I'm sure, I don't want to say a show of hands, but uh, I'm sure many of you in this room have struggled with forgiveness and unforgiveness over the years. And there's probably been a time in your life that you went, you know what, I really have forgiven them. And you feel free. And then like a week or two later, a month later, even a year later, you're angry again. And you're like, wait, I thought I forgave them. You did. But you got to walk in it again. See, see, because forgiveness can be like a choice. And so it tries to come back on us, and we say, no, I'm not going to pick the offense up again. I'm not going to pick up the offense again. I forgave them. I'm going to move on. The freedom is the same thing. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. You've been set free not by what you have done, but by what Christ has done. So you've been set free. So so when the bondage begins to feel like it's coming on, you need to slough it back off and say, no, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. As Galatians says, I will not walk back into bondage. I'm free. I'm preaching better than this, guys. Come on. Amen. I'm excited this morning, in case you can't tell. And I think we're supposed to be excited about the things that God has for us walking in what He has. yes, we are the, the chosen ones. We are called out of darkness. We are His beloved people. He has written our names in His book of life. We, he was, uh, we have Him in our lives, in our hearts. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're more than conquerors. We should be walking this out and taking it to the world and, and making a difference. And the enemy just wants to come in. And, 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 and attack us. So I want to give us a couple of things that are keeping us from, um, from walking in the fullness and the vision that God has for us. And, and I want to encourage us. Some of you are going, I have no idea what God's vision is for me. That's okay. I'm going to give you briefly. We already went over this a couple of years ago, and I've talked about it off and on. But um, but there's a general purpose for a, a vision for all of us, and that was when we went through that purpose-driven life. And, and we, we understood that God has made us to have relationship with Him. He's purposed us to, to have relationship. He made us because He loves us and He wants to have relationship with us. Um, one of our purposes is to love one another, the great commandments. The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. So that's one of the things purposes and visions God has for you this year is to love him more and to love others more. He also wants us to serve. He wants us to serve in the church, in your neighborhood. He wants us to be people who would who would serve others. He wants us to be a people who would share our faith with others. And right now, I know that some of you want to leave just because of that. Because the idea of sharing your faith with others is absolutely terrifying. But that's actually one of your purposes, is to share your faith. But but it doesn't have to be difficult. So as we're going into this year, and you might not know specifically, maybe you've been saying, God, what do you want me to do this year? Do you want me to move and become a missionary? Or do you want me to get a new job? Do you want me to become a pastor or serve in, in the nursery? Yes. Serve in the children's ministry? Yes. Um, you know, Come and help clean the church, absolutely. Any of those things, in case you're hearing God's voice in those right now, you can be, can be involved with those. You, you need to begin to, you can, you might not know exactly what God has for you, but you do know some things. He wants you to grow in Him. Love Him more. Love your neighbor more, which we got to get out of ourselves to do. So, so in this process, in this process, you, 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 we need to focus on, you know what, in order to even receive the vision that God has for me, I need to begin to walk in the, the basics of the Christian life. In fact, why would God give you a vision for anything greater if you can't love him and love your neighbor? It's going to start there. We're gonna have to grow in those things. Now, so I wanna give us a couple of of, of other hindrances to even walking in uh, some of these things in the the purpose, the vision that God has for us, and even what gets us out of focus. Remember, there's a little bit of difference. We might have a vision, but then we have to really focus in on it. And and one, the first one, no particular order. It's found in Galatians 5-7. Paul says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Who could cut in you? So in your, if you're writing that as a scripture notes, I want you to write who, but I also want you to write in parentheses, which means it wasn't in the, in the scripture, what? Who or what cut in on you? You're, you're trying to serve God You're you're trying to grow in Him. You're you're trying to read your Bible more. You're trying to pray more. You're trying to be faithful. You're trying to love people. Um, You're you're, you're just doing these things. You're trying to reach the things that you think God has already told you to do, and and you didn't reach it. And the question, the first question is, who or what cut in on you? You need to identify the things in your life that that are pushing you outside of the focus of God. And you know what's wonderful about that? I don't know what it is, but you do. And if you don't, all you have to do is ask God and He'll reveal it. You are running a good race. Who cut on you? And some of you, most of us can relate with this at some point in our Christian life. We might have been in a service, maybe as a retreat, maybe just a Sunday morning service or a prayer night or something, where we just feel the fire of God. And we just know that we're going to serve Him. And we're excited. We're excited about Jesus. Who's ever been really excited about God and following God? Anyone? OK. And, and all of a sudden, here's, it's amazing. It, we're just in that moment at the altar, in your chair, wherever it was, wherever that happened to you, you're like, I'm all in, God. I'm going to follow you. And you walked out the door. And by the time you got to the parking lot, somebody had already cut in on you. Something had already come in and hacked you off or deterred you and detracted you from even following it past the parking lot. I've had those times that went, what happened? You just want to run back in the church to get it again. But it wasn't found necessarily in the church, but something, we, something tried to get in the way and we allowed it. So one of the things we have to do as, as people of God is to be constantly looking for those things that are cutting in on us. And, and, and deal with it appropriately. Deal with it appropriately. You know, now this is, this is a serious moment, even though it might, may sound funny. I have talked to too many people over the years who had a spouse who was either not saved or wasn't going in the same direction uh, in ministry or spiritually as their spouse. And I've heard Christians say, my hindrance is my spouse, so I'm going to leave him. I've heard that. And I went, you are listening to the wrong God. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Now, here's, here's the thing. Your relationship may be what's hindering you in God. Your, your spouse, your, your marriage might be hindering you from, from moving on So you need to have a, figure out, get some counsel, pray to the Lord, get some counsel, how to fix that from hindering you, not abandon it. Okay, so you might have something you could say right away. Oh, that's what it is. Well that, that might be true or partially true, but you want to handle it in a, in a proper way, a godly proper way. There's gonna be a lot of things that are, that are beginning to come to your mind saying, you know what, I could serve God if. And some of them are just right out, flat out, are lies. If I was smarter, I could, I could follow God better. I could, I could serve Him. But I'm not smart enough. I, I can't teach. I can't do anything. I don't have enough money. I got to work. I got to work. I can't, I can't follow the vision for God for me because I have to work and I don't have enough money. These are just lies. What's happening is you think you are creating a vision for you. And it's contingent on these things. God will call you and He will equip you to reach the vision He has for you. He's not gonna say, hey, here's the vision for you. You can't reach it. Neener, neener, neener. (laughs) You get to be frustrated your whole life. I mean, would, would that be horrible if God did that to us? So that's not God. That's you. You're going, well, I need this in order to do it. That sounds like Moses. Moses, go to my people. Yeah, I'm, who am I? They're not going to listen to me. Moses, go and speak to my people. Yeah, but I got this speech problem. I, I can't do it. Can't reach the vision you've got for me, God. Moses is an example of letting something come into his life and deter him. A. Hey, hey, and I'm going to say, there's some examples that I'm going to give this morning that I wrestle with because, uh, because of this thing with God that he knows everything, and he will always work all things for the good for those who love him, even our mistakes, absolutely our mistakes. And so there are things that I don't always understand, but apparently it wasn't God's first choice to use Aaron and Moses together. Now, he knew it was going to happen. But he called Moses first. And he wanted Moses to do it. Do you remember this? We haven't gotten there. We're going to be be, getting back to Exodus, I promise, eventually. But there's this event that's going to happen in Exodus when we get back to it, where Moses is going. He's up on the mountain. He's hearing from God. He's receiving the Ten Commandments. He's not even gone for that long. Aaron is in charge of the group. Now remember, Aaron wasn't God's perfect solution to help Moses. Moses was supposed to to, to, to do part this part alone but so so he brings Aaron in and Aaron is down with the people and they start putting all their gold in and, and they make a calf to worship do you guys remember that story this is what happens when we allow other things to, to get us off course and, and we, we end up dealing um, with sin and struggle so we don't want to do that um, so, well, I'll save that for my, my message in Exodus. That's really a lot of fun, that part. Who cut in on you? What's cutting in on you?
1: We've got to realize
0: it. Another thing that can, can uh, deter us, a uh, hindrance to, to reaching the vision is honestly being idealistic. I know this doesn't sound very spiritual, but it's being idealistic. See, we get a plan. God gives us a plan. We, we think we know what we're supposed to do. And then we're like, great. You know, he says, I want you to start this ministry. And you go, oh, man, it's going to be wonderful. And, and there's, everyone's going to volunteer. And it's going to be great. It's going to grow. And we're, it's, it's, it's going to grow like crazy. Um, you know, when I was coming down here to take, take the church from Oakdale, I thought, you know, God's going to use us and, and the church is going to just explode and the finances will come so we can do all the projects we want to do. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Within three years, the budget went from about $240,000 a year to 98000 we had lost 30 to 40 percent of the church. That actually all happened even before I got here. And we bumped along, had to reduce staff, and, ju- and just, ugh. you know, I had these idealist things, you'd be great. You know, I thought I was the, the, the best next thing, you know, to slice bread. You know, nobody can reach the valley like me. I'm gonna come and they're used to the flock. It's a little idealistic. We've got to be careful to, to understand that part of the process that we go through is going to be valleys, deserts, mountains, because God's going to equip us. He's going to help us to grow. I heard this, this great, you know, this uh, little little saying thing, and I thought it was really interesting. In school, you, um, oh my gosh, I just lost it. I'll get get there in a second. When you're in school, you, uh, you study, and you get prepared to take the test. In life, you get tested, and then it helps prepare you. Interesting, huh? See, because that's life. Life, you get tested first, and then you come out better. You come out, and you get prepared for that. So we got to be careful not to be too idealistic. When God says, hey, this is what I want you to do you know, it's not going to look the way you think. Something I believe we've learned is even in, in a, as Shannon's in, in school for her psychology degree. Um, we've been a number of books, a number of things has helped us to understand. has been a wonderful principle, and, and we're going to share it with you today for free. Okay. Nobody and nothing is 100% good or 100% bad. That might seem really simple. But some of you have wanted to do a partnership or a ministry, and you were looking at people, and you're like, God, all excited about them. And, and from afar, they were, the, they were perfect. They were amazing. And then you found out that they had problems and struggles and issues. And one of our, one of our human tendencies is to go, Oh, you've got problems. I don't want you because we think everything's got to be 100% good or 100% bad. Or we see somebody who's got some issues and we're like, I don't want anything to do with them because they have issues. But actually everyone does. Some of you are just better at hiding it. And some of you are lousy at hiding it. <laughs> I'm not looking at anyone. <laughs> Isn't it true? The difference when you look at you you, when you're looking with people is you're like you know you you, oh they're just great they don't have any problems no they've just learned how to hide them a little bit better their issues are maybe deeper they're gonna come out just give it some time get in fact here you want to see them come out get into a close relationship with them and they're gonna come out okay it's just life and other people you know Honestly, it's almost easier to, to, to work with the people who, who wear their problems on the outside because you know what you get. You know, they go, man, you are messed up. But they could say, well, yeah, but what you see is what you get. Right? Don't be too idealistic. Temptations. It's another one. Temptations come in. Temptations, not just sinful, but yes, sin, sin comes in as form of temptation, and we fall into it. You know, the Bible teaches us that we don't have to fall into sin through temptations. It says with every temptation, God has given us a way out. We can choose it. One of the reasons we don't choose our escape from with our temptations is that the way that God gave us out was way back there. And we just wanted to stay with a little bit longer. We're like, we're way back here. And all of a sudden, this temptation is kind of coming in. And it's really easy. Like, hey, there's Bible study tonight. And you're like, yeah, nah. He always gives us a way out. We need to be aware of the outs. We need to be aware of the temptations. But there's also just the temptations to give up. Just it's a temptation all the time. Uh, last week, I talked a little bit about one of the things that I, I want to do is try to get, get healthier. And, and a lot of us have done that this year. We want to we wanna lose weight. And then temptation comes in. Temptation, which is like all the time for me. You know, uh, that's just one more donut. After the donut, we're going to lose weight. You know, there's a few people I know. Shan and I were talking about this. There's a few people we've, we've met. And I mean, just, you can count them on like two fingers, I think. But um, who actually say, say, like, yeah, food's not, a, I could take it or leave it. I'm like, who says that? Yeah, there's a few people who say that. It's just, they're, they're weird. You know, just stay away from people. <laughs> just kidding. But for me, and for a lot of people, that's... Lots not the thing, right? So temptations are everywhere. And then, then, then for me, who who like I love food, I love planning food. Um, who who remembers the movie Over the Hedge? Did anyone see the movie Over the Hedge? I should just play this clip. There's a great part in there where this this uh, uh, was a raccoon. What is he? Yeah, he's the raccoon. And and. He's trying to get food from people and he's getting all the animals to go in and raid them. And he goes to this big thing and he starts going, Hey, guys, come and watch. And he looks in the window and he says, see, see that thing? That's where they store the food. See that flat thing over That's where they eat the food. Hey, see that? That's where they freeze the food. See this big thing? That's where the door, the food comes in through that. See that thing driving down the street? That's the vehicle that brings the food. And everything was about food. It was, it was really funny. Sometimes I think, That's the way I feel. We go on vacation. One of the first questions, we, we get there, we unpack. And I go, what are we going to eat this week? <laughs> and we start making the menu. Right? And you plan, we go to the store, we make all these. And half of the time is like thinking about food. And if you've ever camped, you know that like 80% of camping is thinking about preparing or eating and then cleaning up the food. And then you go on a walk. And that's about it temptation everywhere. So you've got to recognize it. You've got to avoid temptation. You've got to figure out how to, how to deal with temptation. We've got to actually learn to be strong to, to avoid the temptation. So why, when we're trying to fulfill something, do we give in to temptation? We give in to temptation that you're gonna want this this is amazingly brilliant so you have to write this down we give it a temptation when we're not strong okay you go wow that's really deep pastor it gets deeper okay we give a temptation when we're not strong and we're not strong when we've become weak you got to write that down it's really good that is better than you know okay we, be, we give in to temptation when we're not strong, and we're not strong because we become weak. And you go, okay, move on. I can't, and here's why. Men will relate with this for sure, and I don't know if women will because I'm not a woman, but you can tell me if this works for you. I would love to be strong. I would love to be strong, but I don't consider myself a strong man. I used to be. I used to work out and do that. I used to be strong. I'm not a strong man. And if somebody came up to me and said, hey, are you strong? I'd say, yeah, not really. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay that I'm not strong. I'm not great with it, but I'm okay. But if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, are you weak? My answer is no. Okay. I think most of us are okay with not being strong, but I don't think any of us are okay with being weak. So here's why I changed it that says you fall into temptation when you're not strong, and you're only not strong when you've become weak, because you need to understand that you're weak, and get offended, and change it. some of you have gone through this process in your life. And, and, and some of you who've, who've gotten older went one day went to go do something that you used to do easily. Okay, pick something up, open a jar, whatever it was, and you went, oh Lord, not only am I not strong, I've become weak. And, and many of you said, I'm going to change that. I'm, and, and you've done something to, to do it. Other of you just feel bad about that. We're not going to feel bad about being weak. Let's do something to change it. But, but don't be okay like, well, I'm not so strong. You understand? Well, not so strong is another way to say you're weak. So let's change it. And here it is. We're weak in our vision. One of the things you're weak in is you're weak in your vision. You haven't clarified the vision. Now, it was, it's, uh, um, remember I told you about the prophetic word I got 25, 30 years ago. Um, actually, I could tell you right when it was. It was in the summer of 1995. That's pretty good, huh? I could tell you when I got that vision. Summer of 1995. Keep the vision clear and ever before you. And, and, and the scriptures even Habakkuk, says something. says, write the vision out clearly so that those who read it can run with it. You need to have a clear vision. You need to be able to tell people clearly what the vision is. You need to keep it clear so, and, and keep it ever before you. Don't become weak in the vision that you have that God has given you for yourself and your ministry and your future. And you can use that both in ministry and, and, and in your diet for the coming year. Whatever you want, you can keep your vision clear. You've you got to keep that thing right in front of you. Because every time a temptation comes up, you're going to say, which is more important, the donut or being there for my children? Being able to go skiing and, and, and have some health? My grandchildren. Keep, get that vision clear. We're, we're weak in our, our vision for who Christ is. You need to know who Christ is. I've I've said this, done this before with us. It's kind of a fun little thing. If you have big problems, then you have an itty-bitty God. But if you realize that you have a big God, you have itty-bitty problems. And it's perspective. It's perspective. Who is Christ? Is He the Christ of the Bible? Or is he the guy that you've heard a little bit about and has just come to be your homie and do things with you and make you feel better about yourself if if that's your view of Christ you're never gonna reach your vision because he's a weak wishy-washy God but when you get into the word and find out that he is awesome and and, and I I years ago I said I don't ever want to use the word awesome for anything but God and I haven't done well with that, but He is the only thing that is truly awesome. You know, the word comes like when something happens, you go, oh, that's awesome. God is awesome. If, if you don't realize that your God is powerful, and awesome, and all loving, if you feel unforgiven, your vision for Christ isn't full, because Christ forgives you when you confess your sins, and He frees you, and He sets you free. Get a good vision for who Christ is. Get a vision for who you are in Christ. It's the second part. I got I got twenty seven sub points. So just just write scratch whatever. Get a vision for who Christ is. Get a vision for who you are in Christ. Again, you got to understand. Why? He came. He came to die for you. He came and He sent the Holy Spirit to indwell in you. When Christ died, one of the things that happened is the temple veil was torn into from top to bottom, not from bottom to top, but from top to bottom. That veil kept the people out of the most holy place. Nobody was allowed into the most holy place with God except the high priest. And when Christ died, that, that curtain, which was thick, was torn It's about 30 feet tall, torn from top to bottom, symbolizing God ripping it open for you, saying, no longer are you outside of my holy place. Come in. You get to come face to face. The Bible says we come into the throne of grace with boldness. That's who you are in Christ. None of us in here, if I said, hey, who's righteous in here? I don't think any of us would go, Me! That's, you're talking about me, brother. Wizard man, not even. If you would know what goes on in my heart and my actions, I am the farthest things from righteous. Yet the Bible tells you that you are the righteousness of Christ. That's who you are. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're the head, not the tail. You're his beloved. Get a clear vision of who you are in Christ and get a clear vision of who Christ is. And get a vision for where we can be in Him, and all these things that come and say, "No, man! If God's given me this vision, He can take me there." You know the people that God used in the Bible—they were all nuts. They were a, they were wrecks they had so many issues and problems. I actually heard this one Muslim guy who grew up in a Baptist family. His dad was a preacher. He became the youth pastor for a time. He converted to Islam, and he started making these videos that said, the reason I don't believe in the Christian God is because the Christian God, all the people in the Bible, they were all, they were all a wreck, and where Muhammad, he was perfect. And I'm like, that's the reason I'm a Christian. Is that the people that God used were were they were impetuous they were weak they had uh, they were they were slow at times they took a lot to get them on the ball you get David who who was the man after God's heart he was a bad father he had issues he had lust issues everyone in the Bible had these issues and I go great I fit in God can use me if he used them Get a vision for where you can be in Christ. Subpoint point 27B. <laughs> Let me give us a couple things. Go through some scriptures. How do we do this? First, know that, that it's the Holy Spirit of God who indwells you, who's gonna give you the ability to do any of this. You can't do it in your own. So you, you need to rely on Christ. And that's that's kind of just the, the, the basic. That's just that's the give me and everything. We can't do this outside of, of Christ. We're only his righteousness because of Christ and His Spirit who indwells us. You're like, please don't go back, Pastor. Please. Just keep going. Land the plane. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a utensil God can use for his purpose. You know, we, I love my pots and pans at my house. I don't really care about my, ut- my, my utensils. They're not really valuable. I think God uses a utensil to help us understand our place in him. We're just a utensil. Have you ever seen a master chef use his utensils? <laughs> Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Joshua three five, Joshua told the people, "Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you." We need to be a pure people. You know, we're forgiven in Christ, yes, but but one of the faults of the of the church of Jesus Christ of the United States of America, and I'm picking on us as a nation because I think it's it, it's it's. We've done amazing things, but one of the things that we do is we live like the world in so many ways. You know, God still wants us to be a pure people. He, he really does want us to, to walk in holiness and not just to, you know, just say, well, I'm, I'm holy in Christ and He's I'm forgiven. I mean, I don't want to compare too much like that, but I don't know. I get, just got this really weird picture and, the difference is the person who gets really dirty and just puts deodorant on him instead of really taking a shower and staying clean you know be pure sanctify yourself when you that's that's the, the the next point purify yourself sanctify yourself to sanctify means to 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 separate yourself or to dedicate yourself for special things 1 corinthians 619 says this don't you know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by god you do not belong to yourself for god bought you with a price so honor god with your body we're not our own we belong to christ be set apart for him you know our 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 care and our concern should be like god i want to be set apart i want to be dedicated to you i don't want you to be dedicated to me that's what sometimes we do God, dedicate yourself to me. Come and bless me in everything I want to do. You know, we get in a jam. Hey, God, can you bless that? Can you fix that? I'm, I'm really busy down here doing my thing, and it'd be really nice if you could come and fix it. No, no, no. That's, that's something God showed me a long time ago. Stop, stop asking God to bless your plans and to, to uh, give you, bless your day, and instead say, God, you've got a plan for my day. I want to be part of your plan instead of having you be part of mine. Psalm 119 says, You have made my body, Lord. Now give me a sense to heed your laws. In 1 Corinthians 9. I'm going through the scriptures fast because I, I do want to land the plane. I want to give these points, though. Athletes practice discipline and self-control. Right? We, we know that. I mean, you know, we got some people who, who really are, are disciplined and self-controlled. They make me sick. Just, just, just a side note. Um, Athletes practice discipline and self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. You know, I say that. I mean, it, it makes sense. I just, it's so hard for me. But I need to do it. I need to discipline myself. You need to discipline yourself. As the Holy Spirit will live in you, that can happen as you yield to Him because the fruit of the Spirit is self control if you can't control yourself, you're not letting the Spirit live in you and lead you. And I'm talking to myself too, but you get to hear it. If you've got a problem with self-control, you need to lean into the Spirit because the fruit of that life where you're letting the Spirit lead you is going to result in more self-control. And if I were to say, who needs more self-control? I know that most of us in here would raise our hands. Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart. Purify yourself. Simplify simplify your lives we again in this nation man we are we are busy we've got so many things vying for our attention we've got all this stuff we need to do and this was when is a is a Israel meddles with me because I, I think I could get rid of some of my stuff simplify my life Hebrews 12 one says we should remove anything from our lives that would get in the way and hold us back What is it that might be getting in your way? Simplify. Get rid of it. Luke 9. Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. Let's not read that one. That one's hard. Let's move on. Isn't that hard? That's a tough one. Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. Let's go home. No, let's press in. God's got to work. We want, he wants us to be part of it. But it's going to take us dying to self and simplifying some things and purifying and sanctifying ourselves and pressing into Him. Do you want your, your heart surgeon to have been distracted during medical school? To be thinking about the fight he had with his wife this morning, and like, oh man, I'm just so distracted. I, uh, scuffle. (laughs) No. I mean, you know, that's an important thing. Well, we're bringing the kingdom of God to the world. Let's not be distracted. Let's be, let's be focused. Let's not have all these things vying for our attention. 2 Timothy says, as Christ's soldier don't let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life, because then you can't satisfy the one who's enlisted you in his army. Simplify. Matthew 6. You guys know this one. You might not know where it was at. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. You'll love the one and despise the other, or despise one and love the other. It just, it just doesn't, doesn't work simplify. Let's fortify. Fortify. We want to be fortified. First Peter 4 says, strengthen yourselves so that you will live here on earth doing what God wants, not evil things that the people want. I love that. That's a new century version, if you're wondering. Strengthen yourselves so that you'll live here on earth doing what God wants, not the evil things that people want. People want us to do evil things all the time. You know, one of the reasons people want, want you to do evil things is so they can feel better about the evil things they do. When you walk in a room and, and you're not doing what everyone else does, isn't it funny? Like people want you to do it with them. They're not okay with you not because you represent uh, God. You represent doing something good. And it just makes people feel bad. So we don't, we don't want to lean with them. Strengthen yourself. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, but 1 uh, Timothy kind of, kind of sums it up, and, and I'll give you a couple things we can do. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. We need to be spiritually fit. We need to be strong. You need to be strong. Study the Bible. Read it and study it. See, everything we're talking about, you're like, well, how do we know what God's vision? How do I grow closer to God? Well, you need to read the Bible. Get into a daily habit of spending time in the Bible. Last week, I talked a little bit about that, and I, I'm hoping some of you this week have as you you, know, I've been trying to read the Bible every day, a chapter, a couple verses. I told you not to go crazy and try to read, you know, 10, 10 chapters a day because you're going to quit if, 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 if you fail, but do something. Read the Bible. Ask some questions. Um, study, read. Spend time in prayer. A time in prayer. The Bible says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray. Pray in tongues. Be built up. Read and study the Bible and pray. I'm really bad at this one, but, but just because I'm bad at it doesn't mean I shouldn't share it with you and let me be convicted about it too. Write out scriptures. Write out the vision that God has for you. Be, write in your journal talk about the things that you're going through in, in your prayers, write them out. Go back and you can refresh them. You, this will actually fortify you because you'll get, begin to see if you're writing out your prayer requests, you can go back and see that God answered some of them. As you're writing out some of your prayer requests, often you go back and you read and go, man, I don't even want that to happen anymore. And you re- and realize the reason why is because you've gotten closer to God and you realize, that's not important to me anymore. That's it's not even there. You go, wow, God has done a lot. You write down your struggles, and then three or four months later, you go back and wow, I was struggling with that. I'm not struggling with that anymore. It helps build you up. Study. Read and pray. Write it out. And then, and then get some support. Get some support. You can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. You need to, and you're here this morning, so it's, it's good that you're here this morning. That's a great first start, first step. But the next one is to, to make sure that you get on a regular basis together with a few people to pray, to study, to talk, to confess, to encourage, to be encouraged, to be real. And say that one again, to be real. Stop hiding. Get where, where you can get real support. You know, you, you, you got to do this together. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says, Encourage one another and build each other up. That's why we, that's why we promote life groups. That's why I don't like to call them Bible studies, because a Bible study is just about studying the Bible, which has value. But a life group is more than that. It includes studying the Bible, and includes prayer, but a big component is checking on one another. How are you doing? It's when we talk about the message, at the end of that, we say, how are you going to apply it this week? And we write down for the those things how you're going to do this next week we're going to check did you do that no Well, let's you know we'll ask for gifts we'll move on but let's do it let's let's do this together you know we, the diet thing is a, is a great example of the workout thing why don't we tell other people that we're going on a diet and why don't we invite somebody to go to the gym with us because if we do they're going to ask us how we're doing and we're going to feel bad when we say we're not doing good so I'm just going to make up my own rules say, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm not going to do it with anyone else, because, you know, I just got to gotta find my own way. Come on. I'm going to work out. What are you going to do? I'm just going to do it. We all laugh. You know the ones who are laughing? The ones that are guilty. I'm laughing. I'm laughing inside. Come on, get together with people. Get, a, get into a life group, build a life group. I, I You can't sit at home and do church. And I, I want to encourage you, if, if that is what your normal thing is, and you're, you, you're here today and out of, out of you know, just unusualness, but normally you do church at home. I encourage you, you can't do church at home. And for those of us who are here when we, we don't try to do church at home, I want to encourage you to, to help people see this church literally means the called out ones. So you can't do the called out ones. You can be one. And you can only be one of a group because it's more than one. We're part of the church. You can sit at home and listen to a sermon. That's great. And I encourage you to do that. Listen to a sermon. You know, besides mine, listen to somebody who preaches better. Listen to sermons. You can read your Bible. You can pray. You can worship. You can worship God at home. You can do all those things. But you can't have church because you're alone. And having church really is what the idea of that is. Being together with other people who love Jesus, who you can encourage and be encouraged by, who you can confess your sins to. Yeah, it's a lot easier to confess your sins through TV because, you know, they're not going to say anything. Can't do that. Get some support. Live in, live in community. I could go. Step five. We're almost done, I promise. Only seven more sub points. One more. Apply. These things you're hearing today, you got to apply them. Don't leave today. Let's not be those who leave today, man, wasn't that really good? Oh, Pastor Rob was just weird today. That was great. Whatever. Okay, let's go get El Pollo Loco. And forget. No, we're going to apply what we've learned. Titus 3.14 says, Our people must learn to apply themselves to doing good deeds and helping others who have urgent needs so they won't be living idle, unproductive lives. Who wants that claim? How are you doing? I'm living an idle, unproductive life. How are you doing? <laughs> Let's be productive in the things of God. Isaiah 1.17 learn to do good, work for justice, help the down and out, stand up for the homeless, go to bat for the defenseless. Let's put feet to these things. Let's put some motion. First Timothy 4.16 says, stay true to what is right, and God will bless you and use you to help others. Stay true. We've got to put some, some action steps. We have to apply the things that we're learning. Purify yourselves. Sanctify. I'm going to separate. Walk holy. Purify yourself. Sanctify. Set yourself apart for the work of the Lord. Simplify. Let's simplify our lives. Let's look at some of the things and say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of some of these hindrances. Get rid of some of these things. I'm gonna fortify myself. I wanna be built up. I wanna pray and I wanna read my I wanna read the scriptures, God's God's letter to me, God's instructions. The Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Come on, let's read them. and Apply. Because we want to keep the vision that God has already given us, and that's to love Him, love our neighbor, to serve, to be a witness, to worship. We, We start with those things, and then as we do that, God is going to begin to download the things that He has for you to do. Stay focused. Let's stay focused. Let's let 2020 be a different year. Let's all year long have 2020 vision. Clear, focused sight into the things that God has for us. Let's pray. God, you know that I'm preaching to myself because I need this message. I thank you for the, this week, these weeks that I've had to, to press in and hear this. And, and, and I thank you for the change that already happened in my life. Now, Lord, I pray, God, for every one of us in here that we would begin to walk in the vision. We'd be faithful. Begin to purify ourselves, and sanctify ourselves, set apart for you, God, It'd help us to show us, help and show us the things that we need to simplify. God, help us to be built up in, in, in the word and in prayer. And our, our, Let's become spiritually strong and let's apply the things that we learn. God. And we could do none of that without being filled with you, filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us, let us be possessed by the Spirit of God. We pray these things in the name of Jesus everyone said amen amen